Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Blockcast with your host Will and Simon. Simon, how's it going today? Good, mate. Doing really well. It's uh, been an interesting week. The uh, the markets are getting bearish again. You know, we have issues with crypto bank Silvergate causing fear, and everyone's now talking about new lows coming in. But I kind of still think, well, I think this is just a little bit more noise on the, the continual gradual climb upwards. I think. I feel the same way. I personally feel like we've already started with a bull run and of course it's not all the way up. It's never all the way down either. So we're seeing uh, peaks and troughs and so I guess we're, we're at a trough right now. All right. So I guess today we're talking about Arbitrum. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about Arbitrum? What is it? What are they up to? Sure. So Arbitrum is a layer two network on Ethereum. It's probably arguably the biggest at the moment. I think the other day it had just as many transactions as Ethereum. So it's definitely pushing it as far as transactions, speeds and volume going through it. That's really interesting. That's amazing. I didn't know that they've really scaled so much in terms of transactions. For our users who aren't sure exactly what a layer two is, you could think of it as a chain on top of Ethereum that makes transactions much cheaper. And the whole idea is that it's much easier for a project to build on a layer two because it's faster and uses what we call rollups. And this is actually what makes the transactions cheaper. So transactions happen on the upper layer. And once they've collected, say, 50 or 100, uh, some arbitrary number, uh, all of those are bunched together in what you call a rollup and sent down to Ethereum, where the security is guaranteed. So you can always be sure that the layer two has the security guarantees of Ethereum while it's faster. I think a really good analogy that I use when talking about layer twos is talking about the current financial system. So a layer one is like the big banks, your Commonwealth Bank, ANZs. They are the layer one network for our current money system. Then you have your Visa and MasterCard are effectively a layer two. We've got the banks which are you know safer, secure, they're slower. Where you've got Visa and MasterCard, which are much faster, but they have a little less security going on with them. They do the same thing. Visa and MasterCard actually batch up a whole bunch of transactions and send it back to the banks later on. And if you ever look at your bank statement and you sometimes send your bank statement, you know, that thing saying pending transaction, that's because MasterCard or Visa hasn't actually effectively rolled up into the bank. So it's nothing new that crypto is doing. It's doing the same thing that the existing systems already build. Off the top of my head, Ethereum does like, 15 to 20 transactions per second, whereas Arbitrum at the moment is doing a roughly around 4,000 transactions per second. And I guess to continue that MasterCard Visa analogy, I know I think Visa does something like 24,000 transactions per second. If we want crypto to be you know, a complete point of sale kind of use case, then yeah, you need to get for tens of thousands of transactions per second. And I think Arbitrum is doing 4,000, but I think it can definitely scale up to like 40 or 50,000 that is amazing. And I believe that it does this through what you call optimistic rollups. And users might want to know the difference. There's two kinds of rollups. There's uh, zero knowledge rollups and optimistic rollups. So how ZK rollups work is they go off chain and they do everything off chain. Now, this is really great. It's fast, it's cheap. But then the problem is that it's not as compatible with EVMs. So where Arbitrum sets it apart is that it uses optimistic rollups in that Rather than going off-chain to make things cheap and quick, it submits the completed transactions to Ethereum and it assumes optimistically that uh, every transaction has been done correctly and there's no sort of uh, bad business in there. And what happens is that uh, these transactions can be challenged later and rolled back if there's any problem. 
Now, is there a token economy right now? How do the fees work and how does the staking work? Sure, so Arbitrum for fees uses Ethereum. There is no Arbitrum token yet, but that is, I guess, the, the talk of the town for the people in the ecosystem waiting for an Arbitrum airdrop. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. I know that they've already talked about that they will be doing this. From a perspective of the network, it doesn't need its own token, but they're gonna release one anyway because people still demand it. I personally would be interested to see where the Arbitrum token goes, but after the airdrop, I would wait and let the dust settle because as is typical, a lot of these airdrops, there's a big spike up in prices, everyone gets a bit excited, then it calms down and finds its realistic value in the future. And that makes a lot of sense, Simon. So I guess the question I have for you is, there's layer ones, there's a lot of layer twos. I guess my question is, you know, what sets Arbitrum apart? Why should a project build on Arbitrum, not on Ethereum? Why on Arbitrum, not on some other layer two? Very good questions there. So let's talk about what is currently on there. And so when any new chain kind of gets created, there's always the me twos that kind of pop up first. So Arbitrum has been no different. There's been the decentralized exchanges. I think Camelot is the biggest one that's kind of been most successful in Arbitrum, native only to Arbitrum at the moment. Then there is the lending platforms. Uh, I think it's Radiant is the one on Arbitrum. Again, these are just me too products. And the problem I have, I guess, with the Me Too products that come to existence is that my theory is that the big boys in the space will come and eat up the lunch of everybody around them. And it's already happened to a degree. Uniswap has moved onto Arbitrum now. Aave has moved onto Arbitrum now. So those smaller native uh, DeFi protocols mm -hmm. are probably going to die a slow death, I think, as the, the giants of the space kind of you know, take all the liquidity away. And I guess they help. They already have the the network effect. They already have the trust within them. And so it's it's pretty easy to see that these native ones, while they have huge, you know, price increase at the start because it's coming from a very low market cap, they're doing the same tokenomics with yield farming, trying to get people to, to use the platform. So there's a lot of yield farmers that move into those spaces, but eventually... When that disappears, everyone goes back to the mainstays, the Uniswaps, the Arbase. So the Me Too products that exist mm. probably won't long-term be that successful, in my opinion, because the big boys will come and eat up all their liquidity. And I suppose once the big boys start coming in, uh, it becomes kind of like a network effect where everybody else wants to build on Arbitrum. That's true, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of like it used to be a token wanted to get onto one of the big centralized exchanges because it gave you know huge credence that it was a successful project when these centralized exchanges and then the liquidity came and the price kind of went up and so what happens now i think with layer twos is when these big projects like your Aves decide to incorporate one of these layer twos it's the same kind of effect to a degree people go oh Aave had given the you know the, the, the head nod to to this layer two and given it the blessing that it should actually be in existence and it's going to be used so it's kind of a big deal when these big players move in, when these decentralized platforms, you know, launch onto these new net networks. So I think that's just, just, a, just a theme that's going to go forward on all the layers. I know it's on Optimism. Well, Arve's moved onto them. Uniswap's moved onto them. And I just watch those big boys as they just eat up all the liquidity. So that doesn't excite me, I guess, on Arbitrum because that is just a Me Too product 
but I guess the reason people like it is it's faster and predominantly it's cheaper. So if I was going to go do some borrowing and lending, I wouldn't use Ethereum mainnet anymore. I would definitely look at Arbitrum because of the fees. Simple as that. And the liquidity is starting to get there. What does really excite me and what Arbitrum, I guess, is built for with the higher transactions, which can't be done on the mainnet, is the things like the decentralized trading platforms, yeah. the decentralized perpetual trading platforms, decentralized option platforms with margin all on chain. That is what excites me. So we're talking about uh, applications that are traditionally web two things that would you know mostly be on Binance or something like that. Uh, all of this kind of thing running on Arbitrum. Yeah, correct. And so like the biggest um, one, and it was the most successful token, I think of all of 2022 during the bear market is GMX. GMX is a decentralized perpetual trading uh, platform. You can get it, do like 50X leverage on this platform, all decentralized. So all through your ledger, which is you know pretty amazing. And so that can, entirely competes with what the centralized exchanges can do. And GMX, for example, I think it, it's basically got, I think, more than half of the total value locked on the Arbitrum network. So it is the big behemoth of the Arbitrum network. It is carrying the Arbitrum network at the moment. It's got competition, though. There are you know, decentralized crypto options exchanges on there. I know Dopex is a big one. I think that's getting a lot of market share. That's what interests me on the Layer 2 networks is things that can't be done on Layer 1. It's a network saying, I have a niche that you can't do. That is of interest to me. Something that I found really exciting about Arbitrum was, uh, I didn't know this, but they released something called Stylus, and I guess it's kind of a programming environment that allows you to create all sorts of applications like DEXs, for example, but really with the language of your choice, which is kind of mind-blowing. It means that if I want to pour an app or a DAP or create a new one, I don't have to learn Solidity. I can just use it, say, in C, if that is the language of my choice. And that really reduces the cost of me as a developer, uh, you know, jumping into Arbitrum. Do you think there's any potential risks and challenges uh, using a layer two? Well, I think we touched on it earlier, I guess, the risks we know with layer twos is that because they are batching transactions together, during that batching phase before it reports back or you said uh you said down to ethereum i say up to ethereum <laughs> Same thing. um during that period obviously your funds aren't necessarily secure so there is that element of risk which i don't think people fully appreciate or understand but i think when it's a layer two like arbitrum is it's less of an issue that individual users need to worry about per se, because it's a risk, as we said, they take on every day with other you know, technologies anyway. So I don't see the risk per se of using Arbitrum that much anymore. And it's been around for a little while now that I think any of those significantly stupid bugs have been ironed out or not there. Mm -hmm. I think the real risk going forward for Arbitrum is simply that it is in a very competitive environment with so many other layer twos come into existence. So just like the layer one wars, it's a layer two war going on. And the layer twos are all still doing the me twos. There's all the copycats that are coming to existence. I mean, the GMX code has been copied and forked onto different uh, layer twos. And I think GMX is actually starting to branch out onto different layer twos as well. Actually, it was always on Avalanche at the same time. But the risk is always that Arbitrum may lose the battle in the layer two war. Mm -hmm. 
So it needs to consolidate its uh, developer base, the number of apps there. It needs to bring in as much liquidity as possible so that it makes the switching costs expensive to move to another layer two. Yeah, it's got to get the network effects. It's got to get to that critical mass with that incentivization, which is going on in the space. There's mining going on to incentivize people into the space and get to that critical mass where it's uncomfortable for people to want to move to another one anymore because too much action is happening there. And to be honest, I don't think Arbitrum would be doing as good if it wasn't for GMX. I think GMX has definitely helped Arbitrum get to the point where it's at. And it's quite possibly made Arbitrum you know, stick around for the future. Mm. Now, is there anything we can look forward to in the future with Arbitrum? I know you've already talked about a token. Uh, you know, what else should we look forward to? Yeah, well, definitely. I think it's as far as looking towards it, I think people definitely should have a go at bridging to Arbitrum and play around with it because the fees are so significantly lower that it is a good place to play around with blockchain technology, learning the DeFi applications, you know, lending money, borrowing money, all those kind of little things. You can do it with small amounts of money on the layer two network and it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg. So it's really worthwhile for people to learn how to actually engage in blockchain technology. I think the other things to really look forward to is the big thing that everyone's talking about coming is gaming. So gaming is also on the cards for Arbitrum. It's not necessarily its flagship momentum at the moment. It's definitely flagship is all the DeFi and the, the margin trading that's going on on Arbitrum network. But gaming is still always going to be a big one and it's going to be a big part of the layer two wars. So I know, I think it's called Magic um, is, the, is the token. I think Treasure DAO, uh, they are a a gaming uh, token on Arbitrum. So they have done some significant gains, that token. I think it's mainly on hype so far. I haven't really looked into it too much to see what they've actually built. But yeah, gaming is a big layer two uh, narrative and definitely a space to watch. Definitely to see if Arbitrum can branch out from being just DeFi. Amazing. And there you have it, everyone's Arbitrum. Look out for their uh, launch of the token, play around the layer two because that might open you up to airdrops that's always fun and also let's you know we've got gaming as well to look forward to let's see how developers start to flock in especially with the release of this new programming language and i guess that's all for today thank you simon thanks will until next time <laughs>